0: Alright, you ready? I'm slowly getting better at a disclaimer. Is it a hit or miss week, guys? We're gonna find out. Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. The podcast where two ladies play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. As well, this podcast covers sensitive topics, and as such, listener discretion is advised. (laughs) I orchestrated that perfectly. Yes, with a very weird face while you were doing it. But my name is Emily. My name is Jen. And welcome to the Wheel of Crime. Oh, we forgot to do that last episode. It's okay. It's a working progress. Nothing's official, and we make the rules. <laughs> it changes every week. I want that on a shirt. Nothing's official, and we make the rules. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> that can be on the back. <laughs> Ah, But yes, this week we are covering pirate crimes, which I think Jenny has been wanting to do for literally five months. (laughs) I have. Okay, so something you guys don't know about me, I have a literal fear of Somalian pirates. It's a genuine fear. Like, I genuinely- like I'm the kind of person who like me and Emily talked about this a few months ago where she was like, oh, like there's a bunch of places I wouldn't want to go just because they don't interest me. I'm the kind of place where person who are like, I'll go anywhere. Like I'll go to fucking the Arctic if I got the opportunity. Right. Except for Somalia. It scares me. Except for Somalia. <laughs> the pirates scare me. It's a fear, I don't know, I'm sure it's a lovely country, but the pirates scare me. Fair enough. And I'm I'm not willing. I'm not willing. Fair enough. I just I it's the one place I wouldn't go. You know that's why you don't go to Australia it's for the drop bears. I go there. It's fine. Hashtag throwback. <laughs> <laughs> Give us five stars if you were there for that episode. And if you were there and are still here. Holy whoa, fuck, you've been through a roller coaster. You've been through a rough ride. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and welcome. Welcome back. back. <laughs> you're a fave. If if you're new, just listen Don't from, go back. Don't, don't go back. back. <laughs> It's not worth it. (laughs) Basically, we're full of tangents. uh, So be ready for that. And welcome, I guess. And let's get on to our questions. Yes, let's spin our wheel of questions. Correct questions. Let's see, would you rather be a pirate or marry a pirate? I'd rather be a pirate, but it's scary. I'm scared. I want to be my fear. <laughs> the only way to own your fear is to become it. Exactly. I am a strong, independent woman, and I am a pirate. I was going to say a strong, independent pirate. but you beat me to it. I'm a bad Belfast bitch who's also a pirate. Yeah, you're making quite a name for yourself. Hells yeah, boy. Ooh. <laughs> Oh hell yeah <laughs> You remind me of a show host From like the late 90s That's my dream Like uh What, what was that? Much much music You remind me of a much music <laughs> TV host That's not a compliment <laughs> It was more of a comment Rather than a compliment <laughs> XOXO love you What would you be? A pirate or marry one? I'd marry one Cause then you'd be out of my face <laughs> He'd go away for work, and I can do whatever I want, right? But then, like, at the same time, being a pirate would be pretty cool, kind of badass. I kind of like not really. I already travel pretty much as much as a pirate does. I'm just a land pirate rather than a sea pirate. <laughs> a Saskatchewan pirate. Also, the ocean kind of scares me. I'm terrified of the ocean. It's so deep, and so and what big. is in it? You can't see it's scary. I don't even like seaweed. <laughs> If something touches me, I'm like, ew, ew, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm like, my granny, she lives on an island off the coast of British Columbia. And as such, when I go to visit her, I have to take a ferry. Mm -hmm. And when you are on a ferry, especially the local ferries, which are a lot closer to the water than a commercial ferry, there are a lot of things you see on the surface of the ocean that really make me not want to go into the ocean. Like what? Like seaweed is so long. It literally comes up to the surface and it is shaped. It's got like a ball on the end of it. And I can't remember the name of it, but it is so creepy to touch. And it creeps up on you because it's kind of like a dark brown. So you don't Mm -hmm. even see it. (laughs) I mean I'm scared of sharks and Emily's over here like Stay away, (laughs) stay (laughs) away I also don't like sharks or killer whales Or any of the poisonous octopi Or really anything that could hurt me I don't even like sea urchins, they're scary I'll watch documentaries about them all day long But I don't want to be anywhere near them They're pretty behind (laughs) a glass wall (laughs) We should (laughs) spin Yes Instead of being like, oh my god, I love aquariums We told you, we go on tangents, literally This is our life, though This is how our whole friendship exists in the first place We're like, oh my god, did you hear? And you're like, oh my god, no, did you hear? (laughs) Welcome Welcome to the Emily and Jen Gossip Hour Gossip Hour? Oh my god, guys, did you hear about Let me tell you about this Mm Mm-hmm. So, here's our question, though. If you were a pirate, what would you thieve? Jewels. 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 I would, I would thieve something. Cold, hard cash. No, I would thieve something that other pirates would want to buy. So, I probably. Why would you want sketchy people coming after you? No. That they would want to buy. But they'd probably just come and steal it. Because they're pirates. Oh, I guess. Why would they buy it when they can just rob you? Look, I spend way too much time in like a business market setting. I'm like, no, what's something with a good resale value? Kay. Cold, hard cash or jewelry. Okay, if I'm thieving for personal interest, it's definitely going to be cheese. Or coffee. They actually said that coffee was supposed to be a really valuable thing to have obtained because it was in the spices category. Or chocolate. Mm, yes, that was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd be traditional. Coffee and chocolate. Ooh, how, f- how nice. What a good combo. How oh, rustic. <laughs> oh my god, you're so old-timey. Oh, the spices. <laughs> <laughs> What's the scariest thing about pirates? The fact that there's these unruly people who are just gonna come and get you in the middle of nowhere when you're already like, I'm in the middle of the ocean where I could literally die a million ways, and then these Fuckers come over here And they're like Let me on board sir And you're like oh. <laughs> and you're like Can I say no? i oh, <laughs> I'm stressed enough Leave me alone There's sharks out here <laughs> There's sharks in the water Get out of here Oh my god Your reaction No your reaction To talking about pirates Is the same As when you're talking About your dreams You used to have About the The rhino The rhino yeah. dreams <laughs> James and the Giant Peach Is a scarring Children's movie It should not be Taken lightly Oh, have you seen, though, those articles they make about the scariest <laughs> children's movies and they have, like, this big whole list on what the scariest ones are? And number one, and number all of them should just be James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> That was the only fun scary ten, one. James <laughs> <and Johnny Peach. laughs> fucking terrifying. Actually, um, there was one I've only ever seen clips of it because it is really gruesome. It's called Watership Down. It was a cartoon about rabbits, and it was meant for a mature audience, but because it was a cartoon, a lot of people let their kids watch it. Oh God, it is bloody and gruesome and scary. Or uh, The Dark Crystal was another one. I don't. Know, I think all of them. This should be a Muppets Christmas Carol, but that's just me oh wait i didn't tell you what i think the scariest thing about a pirate is what i think the scariest thing about a pirate is probably the lawless behavior scary it's unnerving it is Mm -hmm. what's your next question would you be an old-timey pirate or a today pirate old-timey new pirates scary and weirdly too close for comfort old-timey pirates in past can look back with fondness (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'll use that reason for myself then, (laughs) too. Look back in fondness, pirate. Don't have to accept reality of today. (laughs) I don't want to accept the reality. Yeah, all right, but that wraps up our wheel of questions. Yes, our question Now, I do have a description of pirates, or more specifically, piracy. Take it away, Em. All right. So, (laughs) oh my God. You be, you treat your arm with kindness <laughs> Piracy is an act of robbery Or criminal violence By ship or boat Born attackers Upon another ship Or coastal area Typically with the goal Of stealing cargo And other valuable items Or properties Those who engage In acts of piracy Are called pirates Duh mm-hmm. <laughs> The earliest documented Instances of piracy Were in the 14th century BC When the Sea Peoples A group of ocean raiders Attacked the ships Of the a- Aegean Aegean I don't know and Mediterranean civilizations. Narrow channels which funnel shipping into predictable routes have long created opportunities for piracy as well as for privateering and commerce raiding, which are different. Historic examples include the waters of the Gibraltar and the Strait of Malacca, Madagascar and the Gulf of Aden or Aden, and the English Channel whose geographic structures facilitated pirate attacks. A land-based parallel is in is the ambushing of travelers by bandits and brigands in highways or mountain passes. Cafeteering uses similar methods of piracy, but the captain acts under orders of the state authorizing the capture of the merchant ships belonging to an enemy nation, making it a legitimate form of warlike activity by non-state actors. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I read that too and I was like, okay, so it's act. there's more definition to it than... It's like a war crime. Kinda. Yeah, I know. Interesting, hey? Because it, it can be facilitated other, under the government, which is not actually something I thought about. That's another terrifying aspect that I didn't even realize I was terrified of. Right? You're like... My nightmare. The government's coming after me (laughs) in Somalia? In Somalia? The Somalian pirates No (laughs) I cry. I'm I'm scared to talk about it. I know because they're going to find you. That's so scary. I was. When me and Emily were in Europe, I was telling her I was scared of Somalian pirates and she was making fun of me. So I decided to read her the story of how this person it's published an article on Somalian pirates and they went to Somalia and they got kidnapped and it was terrifying. Well, they also didn't, weren't very smart about that trip. I'm biffed. <laughs> <laughs> it's miffed, not biffed. I'm biffed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can be biffed. Be as biffed as you want to be. I'm uber biffed. All right. Well, should I read my super on-brand topic? gonna away. And when she says it, it probably means it's very off topic. Oh, it's a super stretch. It is <laughs> It is so much of a stretch. Elastic Girl probably can't reach it. <laughs> <laughs> she probably can't. Okay. Like, it is rough. So, my story is about the flying Dutchman. Okay. <laughs> she rolled her eyes so hard. Yeah, I did. I'm lucky you love me so much. Okay, the Dutch version being de Vilgen... Oh my god. De Vilgen de Hollander. I tried. <laughs> you did. I'll give myself an E for effort. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> You're like, you get a you tried sticker. Okay, so the Flying Dutchman is a legendary ghost ship that can never make port and is doomed to sail the oceans forever The myth is likely to have originated from the 17th century golden age of the Dutch East India Company The oldest extant version has been dated to the late 18th century And sightings in the 19th and 20th centuries reported the ship to be glowing with a ghostly light And if it's hailed by another ship, the crew of the Flying Dutchman will try to send messages to land or to people who are long dead In ocean lore the site of this phantom ship is a portent of doom so basically it's become a symbol of or a symbol of bad luck but it was at one point a real ship okay (laughs) this is a true crime podcast and emily's like gremlins (laughs) flying (laughs) dutchmen hey those gremlins committed real crimes oh my god (laughs) real crimes jesus christ someone help me Cheese and crust. Cheese and crust. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. <laughs> so this next part is uh, a literary reference from a book that was written called A Voyage to Botany Bay from 1795 by George Barrington. Okay. Okay. He says, I had often heard of the superstition of sailors respecting apparitions and doom, but had never given much credit to the report. It seems that some years since a Dutch man of war was lost off the Cape of Good Hope and every soul on board perished, her concert weathered the gale and arrived soon after at the Cape. Having refitted and returning to Europe, they were assailed by a violent tempest nearly in the same latitude. In the night watch some of the people saw, or imagined they saw, a vessel standing for them under the press of a sail, as though she would run them down. One in particular affirmed it was the ship that had foundered in the former gale, and that it must certainly be her, or the apparition of her, but on its clearing up the object, a dark, thick cloud disappeared. Nothing could do away with the idea of this phenomenon. On the of the sailors and on their relating the circumstances when they arrived in port the story spread like a wildfire and the supposed phantom was called the Flying Dutchman from the Dutch the English seamen got the infatuation and there were a few Indian men and what has someone on board who pretends to have seen the apparition so then I have another literary text which introduces the punishment for a crime and it's from John Leyden, 1775 it is a common superstition of mariners that in the high southern latitudes on on the coast of Africa, hurricanes are frequently ushered in by the appearance of a specter ship denominated the Flying Dutchman. The crew of this vessel are supposed to have been guilty of a dreadful crime in the infancy of navigation and to have been stricken with pestilence and are ordained to still traverse the ocean on which they perished till the period of their penance expire. So this is a real ship and it at some point sank and nobody really knows why. But but basically the theory is that they're cursed to sail the seas because it's a punishment for a crime that the crew had committed. Right. Continue. So, according to some sources, 17th century Dutch captain Bernard Folk is the model for the captain of the ghost ship. Folk was renowned for the speed of his trips from the Netherlands to Java and was suspected of being in league with the devil. I mean, my bird Kevin isn't that bad. I mean, he is <laughs> Satan, but he's not that bad. <laughs> He worked with this captain, so, I mean, he's got some skills. (laughs) He's a really uh, savvy bird. What a savvy bird. (laughs) So, the first version of this legend was printed in the Edinburgh Magazine in 1821, and which puts the scene, the foundation of what this myth is now, in the Cape of Good Hope. The story introduces the captain, uh, Henrik van der Decken, for the captain, because there was a part of this where they talked about a lot of authors who had taken inspiration from this story. Mm -hmm. But I do believe the original captain is Bernard Folk, but then they're talking about the original fictional book that was written about this in the captain In this book was Captain Henrik van der Decken. Don't worry, there's context. So there's, in this story that was written, there are letters addressed to people long dead after being offered to other ships for delivery, but if you accept these letters, it brings you misfortune because this ship is cursed and the captain having sworn to round the Cape of Good Hope, though, until the Day of Judgment. So the ship is cursed in this fictional story, in this Cape of Hope, which is where the actual original Flying Dutchman went missing, but in the fictional story of the Flying Dutchman, it's doomed to send letters or messages to people who are long dead and if you accept any of these letters as if you are one of these people, then you were cursed to stay with the ship until judgment day. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. That's spooky. Very spooky. Spooky. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> she just gave me a look like I'll kill you. <laughs> the Flying Dutchman was an Amsterdam vessel, and it had sailed from port about seventy years ago. Her master's name was Bernard Folk. He was a staunch seaman and would have been, in his own way, in spite in the devil. For all that, never a sailor under him had the reason to complain. Though how it is on board with them, nobody knows. The story is this: that in doubling the cape, they were on a long day trying to weather the table bay. However, the wind headed him and went against them more and more and the captain walked the deck swearing into the wind. And then just after sunset, the vessel spoke to him asking him if he did not mean to go into the bay that night. The captain replied, May I be internally damned if I do, though I should beat about here until the day of judgment. And to be sure, he never did go into that bay for it is believed that he continues to beat about it in the sea still and will do so long enough. This vessel is never seen but with foul we- weather along her. Basically what. That that means is is that it was in the seas it was having rough turbulent weather and since he was already in league with the devil when he was swearing into the wind <laughs> seriously <laughs> since he was already in league with the devil when turning into the wind yes he so- said that like it was nothing <laughs> <laughs> No, and he starts swearing into the wind. So the idea is that he, by him cursing into the wind, he was inviting a deal with the devil. So when... Shit, I've (laughs) been making a lot of deals lately. (laughs) It has been windy lately. And so when he got into this part of the bay where he wanted to land, then the devil spoke to him and told him that if he should go into that part of the bay, he will be damned. And so he said, I will do what I want. If I'm damned, then I'm damned. And mm-hmm. so that's what happened to them. That's really crazy. But yeah, that was my story, though. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to tell you my story next I know you are. So, as you know, yes, I'm terrified of Somalia pirates, and I think I've I've pretty much laid that out on the table at You've this point. Really covered that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I ever told you this, but the fear started when I watched this movie that came out a couple of years ago. It was called Captain Phillips, and you did not mention that it was it was based on this true story of a captain whose ship got hijacked by Somalian pirates. As they do. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about that crime. Like the movie? The actual true story. Oh, okay. Ba- Th- that the movie is based on. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I was like, you're me a movie synopsis? Yeah, I thought I was stretching. <laughs> no, I'm going to read you the true story that the movie is based on. Richard Phillips is an American Irish descent who was born in Massachusetts on May 16th, 1955. Phillips graduated from Winchester High School in 1973 and enrolled at the University of Massachusetts Amherst and planned to study international law, but transferred to the Massachusetts Maritime Academy, from which he graduated in 1979. During his schooling, he worked as a taxi driver in Boston, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And after school, he became a captain of merchant ships. Now, Phillips did this job for a while and there was no issues. Mm-hmm. That was until he boarded the MV Marrakist, Alabama, as captain of the ship. Mm. The ship, originating from Sahala Omen was bound for... Mombasa Kenya after stopping in Djibouti 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 Mm. if I ever become a twerk dancer that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> with a crew of 200, or er, 223, loaded with 17,000 metric tons of cargo. 500,000 metric tons of that cargo was relief supplies bound for Kenya, Somalia and Uganda. In that area of the world, any blip on your radar is of concern, Phillips said. I always told my crew it was a matter of when, not if. <gasps> on April 7th, Two thousand nine, the U.S. Maritime Administration following NATO advisories released a Somalia Gulf of Aden, which you were talking about, uh, advisory to mariners recommending ships to stay at least 600 nautical miles off Somalia's coast of East Africa. With these advisories in effect, on April 8th 2009, four Somalian pirates boarded the Marisk, Alabama when it was located around 300 nautical miles southeast of the Somalian port city of Eli. All four pirates that boarded the ship were between 17 to 19 years old, according to the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates. I didn't realize pirates came in that age group. Yes, they come of all ages. The only pirates I can kind of think of in being in that age group were the lost boys from Peter Pan. <laughs> That's what I'm going to picture from now on, right? <laughs> instead of guys with machine guns. The crew members of the Marais had received anti-piracy training from the Union Training Schools and had drilled aboard the ship day previously. Their training included the use of small arms, anti-terror, basic safety, first aid, and other security-related courses. When the pirate alarm sounded early on April 8th, Chief Engineer Mike Perry brought 14 members of the crew into a secure room that the engineers had been in the process of fortifying for such a purpose. Okay. As the pirates approached, the remaining crew f- fired flares. In addition, Perry and the first assistant engineer, Matt Fisher swung the ship's rudder, which swamped the pirate. Skiff Uh Nonetheless, the ship was boarded. Perry had initially taken main engine control away from the bridge, and the first assistant engineer, Matt Fisher, had taken control of the steering gear. Perry then shut down all ship systems, and the entire vessel went black. The pirates captured Captain Richard Phillips and several other crew members minutes after boarding, but soon found that they could not control the ship. Perry remained outside of the secure room, lying in wait, knife in hand, for a visit from the pirates, who were... Trying to locate the missing crew members in order to gain control of the ship and presumably sail it to Somalia. Perry tackled the ringleader of the pirates and took him prisoner after a cat and mouse chase in a darkened engine room. Pirate ringleader Abali Muz cut his hand trying to keep Perry's knife away from his neck. The pirate was then tied up and his wounds were treated by second mate, Ken Quinn. Well, that's <laughs> Give me your ship, nah man, it's okay, let's give you a band-aid I know, first aid Can I help you? (laughs) I am CPR certified I don't know how that helps in this situation, but just in case. You know, you never know what can happen. (laughs) Later after suffering in the overheated skier room for hours, the crew attempted to exchange the pirate whom they had captured for the captain, but the exchange went awry and the pirates refused to honor the agreement after the crew released their captive. Captain Phillips escorted the pirates to a lifeboat to show them how to operate it, but then the, the pirates fled in lifeboat with Phillips as hostage. Nice. On April 8th, the United States Navy guided missile destroyer USS Bainbridge and the guided missile fringe USS Haleburton were dispatched to the Gulf of Aden in response to the hostage situation. Haleburton carrying two Scorsese SH-60B Seahawk helicopters on board. That's a lot of military speak. That is a lot of military speak. The ships reached the Marisk, Alabama early on April 9th. Marisk, Alabama was then escorted from the scene to its original destination of Mombasa, where Captain Larry D. Asman took command of the ship. Phillips had relieved Asman nine days earlier. CNN and Fox News quoted sources stating that the pirate's strategy was to await the arrival of the additional hijacked vessels carrying more pirates and additional hostages to be used as human shields. Oh, nice. A standoff began on April 9th between Brainbridge, Hayburton, and the pirates' lifeboat from the Morris, Alabama, on which they held Phillips hostage. The lifeboat itself was covered and contained plenty of food and water, but lacked basic comforts, including a toilet or ventilation. Bainbridge was equipped with a Scan Eagle UAV and rigged hulled inflatable boats. Both vessels stayed several hundred yards away out of the Pirates' fire range. P3C Orion Surveillance Aircraft... there's so many military words. Honestly, this is like when I try to read like Spanish or something. This is going great for me. <laughs> <Rude. What? laughs> uh, So I don't speak American. So that aircraft thing secured aerial footage and radio communication between the two ships was established. Four foreign vessels held by pirates headed towards the scene. A total of 54 hostages were on the two of the ships. Whoops. Citizens of China, Germany, Russia, the Philippines, Tavalia, Indonesia, and Taiwan. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They got a little bit of everybody in there. They're like, the, the whole world. International days. <laughs> Go pirate somebody from Australia next. <laughs> New Zealand, we're coming for you. <laughs> that's insanity though that is so many different people that they have there i know on April 10th, Phillips attempted to escape from the lifeboat, was bu- but was recaptured after the captors fired shots. Yeah. The pirates then threw a phone and a two-way radio dropped to them by the U.S. Navy into the ocean, fearing the Americans were somehow using the equipment to give instructions to the captain. The United States dispatched another warship, I'm not going to read the name of it, <laughs> to the site off the Horn of Africa. The pirates' strategy was to link up with their comrades who were holding various other hostages and get Phillips to Somalia where they could hide him and make a rescue more difficult for the Americans. Anchoring near shore would allow them to land quickly if attacked. Negotiations were ongoing between pirates and the captain of Bainbridge and the FBI hostage negotiators. The captors were also communicating with other pirate vessels by satellite phone. However, negish, negish, <laughs> negotiations negotiations broke down hours after the pirates fired at Hale Burton not long after sunrise on Saturday, April 11th. So he was captured on the 8th and now it's the, the 11th. 11th. The American Frigate did not return fire and did not want to escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. No crew members of the Hillburton were injured from the gunfire as shots were fired haphazard by a pirate from the front of the hatch of the lifeboat. We are safe and we are not afraid of the Americans. We will defend ourselves if attacked, one of the pirates told Reuters by satellite light Phillips' family had gathered at his farmhouse in Vermont, awaiting a resolution to the situation. Oh, that's imagine, sad. Imagine how scary that would be. Well, yeah, and now all your family's like, uh, he's kidnapped by pirates. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, There's literally nothing you can do. And, like, so far away, too? That would be nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Ah, the chills! Andrew would probably be kidnapped by the Saskatchewan pirates. <laughs> I would be. So- <laughs> and it's a heave ho, hive ho, coming down the plains. Buy our barley or else we'll kill you. (laughs) Have you heard that song? It's an actual song called The Saskatchewan Pirates, I think. No, I haven't. Okay, well, after your thing, we'll play a blurp from it. Okay, sounds good. Filling wheat and barley and all the (laughs) other grains. (laughs) Sorry okay. <laughs> when you see the Jolly Roger vaginas over the Shores. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I can only imagine. <laughs> on Saturday, April 11th 2009, Mar- Marisk Alabama arrived in the port of Mombasa, Kenya under U.S. military escort. An 18-man security team was on board. The FBI then secured the ship as a crime scene. Commander Frank Costello, the commanding officer of Brainbridge, stated that as the winds picked up, tensions rose among pirates and we claimed them and persuaded the pirates to be towed by the destroyer. That sounds so ominous. That does sound really ominous. If anyone were described describe to me yeah, it was towed by the destroyer I'd be like, oh my god, like what happened? Are you okay? Tell me more. Oh my god, like and then what? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> don't, um, don't just sit there. Tell me more. Hurry up fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> on, sat- er, on Sunday April 12th U.S. Navy SEAL snipers of Naval Special Warfare Development Group Red Squadron, a.k.a. The Tribe, armed with semi-automatic knight's guns, sniper rifles... There's guns, sniper rifles. (laughs) (laughs) Engaged and killed the three pirates on the lifeboat. Captain Phillips was rescued uninjured. So he was there for like five days. Hanging out. That's insanity. Fucking pirates. On a lifeboat. Or not even understanding what they're talking about. Just thinking, am I even gonna make it out of here alive? I know, that's terrifying. Uh That makes me want to throw up. Commander Costello, with prior authorization from higher authority, ordered the action after determining Phillips' life was in immediate danger, citing reports that a pirate was pointing an AK-47 rifle at Phillips' back. Navy SEAL snipers fired approximately six to seven shots from Brainbridge's Fan tail killing the three pirates with bullets to the head. The seals had arrived Friday afternoon after being parachuted into the water near Hilburton, which later joined the Bainbridge. Okay. At the time, Bainbridge had the lifeboat under tow, approximately twenty five to thirty yards eastern. One of the pirates killed was Ali Aiden Elami the last name of another was Hammock, and the third has not been identified in English language press reports. A fourth pirate, Adabi Muse, aboard Brainbridge and negotiating for Phelps's release, was being treated for in- injury sustained in the takeover of Marisk, Alabama, remained in custody. The bodies of the three dead pirates were turned over by the US Navy to unidentified recipients in Somalia in the last week of April 2009. Surviving pirate Adali Moo. Mu- I don't know how to say his fucking name. The ringleader, right? The ringleader guy was held on Boxer and was eventually flown to the United States for trial. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors brought charges in a federal courtroom to New York City that included piracy, conspiracy to seize a ship by force, and conspiracy to commit hostage-taking. Muses' lawyers asked that he be tried as a juvenile, alleging that he was either 15 or 16 years old at the time of the hostage-taking, but the court ruled that Muse was not a juvenile and would be tried as an adult. He later admitted that he was 18 years old and pleaded guilty to hijacking, kidnapping, and hostage-taking charges in lieu of piracy charges. Mm. He received a prison sentence of 33 years and 9 months. That seems weirdly specific. That does seem weirdly specific. <laughs> 33 years, 9 months and 4 days <laughs> and 36 seconds. No, you got to go down to the hours next. And 4 days and 12 hours and 5 minutes and 36 seconds. Yeah. And you're like, "All right, this is going to be a party." <laughs> the cards are just waiting there like we still have 20 he's, seconds. it written on his hand, He's like, "Okay, I only got this much time." <laughs> Following the hijacking, Phillips published a novel by the name of A Captain's Duty, Somalia Pirates, Navy Seals, and Dangerous Days at Seas. Columbia Pictures optioned the book and acquired the film rights in the spring of 2010, and in March 2011, it was announced that Tom Hanks would star as Phillips in Sony Pictures film based on the hijacking and Phillips' book, scripted by Billy Ray in a film titled Captain Phillips, which was released in October of 2013. This part, next part is something I found really interesting about this story. In an interview on the set of Captain Phillips, New York Daily News, Phillips describes his devotion to his crew, his feeling of success as a captain, and his eagerness to get back to sea. My crew were now safe because the pirates lost their ladder and boat where they where they boarded the Maersk Alabama, so they couldn't get back on board, says Phillips. For me, it was really a relief. My crew and my ship were safe. Phillips also asked that I never lost hope for myself, but I didn't see a good end coming out of it. He commented in his interview that the rendition of the events is accurate, adding, when I met him, Tom Hanks, I told him if he's going to play me, he's going to have to put on a little weight and get a little better looking, and he did neither. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's how I want to be. Telling Tom Hanks what to do and have him be like, nah, fuck you. (laughs) I'm Tom Hanks, bitch. Let's write a petition to have Tom Hanks say fuck you to Jenny. (laughs) I I think that'd be great. No. Let's do it. That'd be fun. Since the release of Captain Phillips, there has been controversy over its portrayal of Phillips with several crew members claiming that he was not the hero presented in the film according to lawsuits filed by more than half of the crew of the Marisk, Alabama. The crew members claim that Phillips was at least partly a fault for an instance of not being fast and making money getting the ability. Alabama within 250 miles of the Somalian coast. Mm. Phillips told CNN's Drew Griffin in 2010 and in a court deposition in 2013 that he ignored the numerous warnings that urged him to go farther out to sea and when asked in 2013 why he decided not to take the ship further offshore, Phillips testified I don't believe 600 miles would make you safe. I didn't believe 1200 miles would make you safe. As I told the crew, it would be a matter of when, not if. We were always in this area. Phillips returned to sea 14 months after the pirate attack, sailing as Master of Vehicle Carrier M/V Green Bay until his retirement was announced on the International Organization of Masters, Mates and Pilots in October 2014. That's interesting. That is definitely quite the tale. I can see why it was sen- sensationalized into a movie and all that. Yeah, it's super crazy. That is insane and oh my My gosh, can you imagine being in that situation? Regardless of what kind of person he is, being kidnapped by pirates and having to stay on a lifeboat for days, that's a complete insanity. It is. And that's why I'm terrified of Somalian pirates. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It's scary. (laughs) There are a lot of scary things out there. And Somalian pirates are one of them. True. If you don't agree, leave us five stars. Leave us five stars (laughs) and tell us why. All right, but are you ready to spin for our next week's topic? (laughs) (laughs) Middle Middle of nowhere. (laughs) Whereas I have it written down, midi. Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) because apparently I can't spell. (laughs) Well, we already knew that. Uh huh. But if you guys want, you can reach us. (laughs) <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook yeah. at Wheel of Crime. Or email us at or Wheel of Crime at, at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on now. But we'd really love it if you gave us five stars on iTunes because it really helps us. You have no idea. Yes, and your options are also not limited to what you're listening to right now. You can also listen on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And now, because I promised we'd listen to the Saskatchewan Pirates, this is how we're going to end the show today with a tale of Saskatchewan Pirates. You're welcome. I used to be a farmer and I made a living fine. I had a little stretch of land along the CP line. But times went by and though I tried, the money wasn't there. And bankers came and took my land and told me fair is fair. I looked for every kind of job the answer always no. Hire you now, they'd always laugh, we just let 20 go. The government... This is true to Canadian it really is for bomb then i thought who gives a damn if all the jobs are gone <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be, be a, a pirate, pirate on the river saskatchewan <laughs> <on>. <laughs> oh my god Come if only oh i'm coming down the plains <laughs> you are like dying. <laughs> we're dancing. You guys can't see but We're dancing. Fertiliser. This entire song is hilarious. Oh my god. Knock them cold and sail off with their hay. Cause it's a he-ho, ho, hi, ho, coming down the plains, stealing wheat and barley and all the other grains. And it's a ho, oh, hey, hi, hey. When you see the Jolly Roger on the nice white <laughs> oh <laughs> It's been fun! But until next week, everyone, I hope you enjoyed our especially pirate episode. And please don't pirate this episode. Listen to it as, ah. as you would regularly. I mean, it's already free, so why would they pirate it? For the, for the sake of irony <laughs> We should have talked about Pirate Bay? Yeah, Pirate Bay <laughs> The crimes they've committed And copyright infringement Oh my god, they literally are Having lawsuits pressed against them All the freaking time <laughs> We could have talked about Johnny Depp crimes Like, there's so much opportunity If you want us to do Pirate Crimes Part 2, let us know Yeah, well, we'll consider it Alright, yes. till next week, this is Emily Signing off, see you later Folks, Bye <laughs>